The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Ling Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoit with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome into a Monday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. I'm Chris Yow along with Maurice Patton and J.P. Plant with you here. Coming to you from parts unknown again as we are forced to be in in our own homes uh, due to obvious COVID issues around the Murray County area and specifically in our home studio. So we are coming to you from our own homes and we appreciate you guys listening in. We are on Facebook live this morning. So if you want to watch and you want to be part of the show, you're welcome to do that. You can just, uh, comment on the Facebook post and we can interact with you there. Lots of great stuff uh, to talk about today. Got a big show for you, but first Mo, JP, how are you? What's up guys? I'm good. I'm, um, you know, got to get a little, a little extra sleep this morning since we um, just kind of rolled out of bed and into our own personal studios. So, I mean, Hey, if Dick Vitale can do Kansas UT from home, then we can certainly do this. Yeah, right. I mean, it's obvious that, uh, you know, if Corso can do game day from home, <laughs> of, of Com- course, complete with complete with mascot heads. That being said, none of us have the, uh, the Florida atrium that he has with the pool behind us. No. Yeah. That's, that's special. That would be nice, but it that is what it nice. is. You're right. Such is life. Yeah, we, uh, I, I guess, I, I love Mo's new background, JP. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, Mo acts like he doesn't enjoy doing this video component. And lo and behold, we <laughs> see his camera and he's put a backdrop in his shot. Well, he He's secretly, Mo, you can't fool us, buddy. You can't fool no, us. No, here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. My My <laughs> other half, my best half is like, well, what are you going to do for a backdrop if you're going to be on Zoom? Because she's she's all about the don't make us look bad. The um, aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. So and God um, bless her for that. So there we go. And and it's it's an opportunity to show off her handiwork. This was her one of her Christmas gifts to me was this um this Braves throw. So and what a beautiful Christmas gift it is. <clears throat> well. 
She knows me. Chris Perkins said, uh, Mike Mobley sent his love to you last Friday. He meant to tell you. Oh, Mike, longtime Georgia um, SID, um, now it's athletic media relations. But, yeah, Mike, um, Mike did women's basketball at UGA for a long time, and he was lucky enough to deal with Andy Landers. So, obviously, St. Mike there. But um, always good to hear from Chris. Yeah, again, if you guys want to – if you if you want to see that, see – you, you can see your name right there on the show. Just uh, like us on Facebook, find that Facebook Live, and we can interact with you all day throughout the entire show. We'll be here until 11 a.m. We've got the rundown coming up later this segment. And as we told you on Friday, there was some baseball over the weekend. Also some softball, uh, even though it was an exhibition, it was still – live softball being played uh, in January. So that's fantastic. We've got some high school um, got some high school hoops to talk about that uh, we saw on Friday and got some games coming up tonight that will certainly have some interest and big news out of uh, state wrestling news is that there is going to be a state wrestling tournament and it's going to be held on Saturday and we're going to crown a state champion, uh, no matter what, which is really fantastic. Um, uh, something that if, if, if you went back to some of our shows in, in, uh, November ish, you would be able to tag old takes exposed because <laughs> I can assure you that I said we will never get through <laughs> The wrestling season. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just saying I'm proud that we have. Uh, also had some some big-time college basketball. The Big 12 SEC Challenge was over the weekend, and the SEC came out on top five to four, much uh, in part due to the Tennessee Volunteers. So we'll, well talk about well, that game. Well, hey, if it was five to four, it was totally due to the Tennessee. Well, you're right, because that was the last game of the challenge. That was the last game of the night. So um, Tennessee, Kansas, we'll talk uh, UT Florida women's basketball. Big That was a big game over in Knoxville uh, yesterday as I watched it from Buffalo Wild Wings. Fantastic venue to watch a little college hoops. And some other, you know, obviously we have Chip Walters, as we do every Monday. So don't forget about that as well. And we got some news from over there as well. Big news, big news to talk about with Chip this morning. Really excited about it. We've got coaching hires across the mid-state that we need to talk about. So Mm -hmm. plenty to go around, plenty to go around. And the weekend schedule, Mo, high school basketball-wise, there there were a lot of games over the weekend. There were, yeah. Um, Didn't realize quite how many until I – Saw all these scores in one place. Yeah, bunch of games. Yeah, you and I were um, helping out and giving back to the community with uh, some <laughs> youth league basketball officiating and give because that's what we do. We we like to give back, you know. We like to give back. We like to give. It's back. All about the kids. <laughs> it, it really is. It's all about the kids. We love um, the kids. <laughs> And we hope that they like us sometimes. Just a little bit. 
ideally. Oh, man. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure they always did all day Saturday, but that's okay. No, I, you know, I, I did have to, in, a, in the first game of the day, we had some 12-year-olds who were getting a little upset uh, with both the lack of calls and the calls that were made. Um, and you know, 12 year olds, they're just a little rambunctious They're They they get out of control sometimes, especially when they're running up and down the court real, you know, really fast. And every time they hit the ground, they think they're supposed to be a foul called. And sometimes you guys, you know, you have to realize you're uncoordinated a little bit at 12 years old (laughs) and sometimes you're going to fall and it's not anybody's fault, but your own. (laughs) Right. And, uh, so we had, we had some, some, some kids who were, you know, really upset and, had a couple of them talking under their breath and and throwing some arms up like, hey, what you know, where's the call? This, that, and the other. So I just I took them to the side and I, I calmly said, guys, look, we're the officials. We have the whistles. What we call is what we call. What we don't call is what we don't call. You have to play the game as we have allowed it. You have to decide. You know, if you're looking at me you're not getting back on defense or you're not <laughs> rebounding or whatever. So I said, just let us make the calls, play the game as there are, as it is called. And if you guys have a question, talk to your coach, your coach can talk to us. We don't have any issue with it. So we were able to do that. Uh, they, they were very respectful after, after that little conversation. And I think it will go a long way throughout the rest of the year. So if that's the, if we can set that standard, now in week three, I think that will be good. Well, it's a little bit easier with the twelve-year-olds because I had two eighteen-year-old games, like two Ooh. with you, and then a, a four, uh, either a twelve or a fourteen wrap-up after you left. But um, in each of the two weekends that I've had eighteen-year-old games, I've had to have one-on-one conversations, and I ended with, "Are we really talking about this? <laughs> Do you want to have a conversation about are, this? Are we, we going to have a conversation about this? I heard you say that. That was great." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and he just kind of shook his head. No, yeah, he he went can on back down the floor. We because, can have a conversation while you're standing behind half court while the other guy's shooting free throws, if you want. <laughs> yeah, because I can I can tell you how this conversation is going to end. Yeah, I've got the whistle. So. Guys, I just got a, a new inspiration for a brand new podcast uh, coming out soon. Uh, Tales of the whistle. Tales from the whistle. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, we could have a lot of fun with that. We could have a lot of fun with that. Now well, it's a uh, we know a lot of officials, so we could get some guys to come on and talk about. Obviously, without mentioning any names, about um some of their officiating stories. That might there might be something to that actually. I, I would love to hear some some veteran officials talk about some of the crazier things that have happened over the years. No doubt, it's a lot of fun. You know. It, officiating is fun for me. I, I really enjoy it. It's not something that I do because, you know, I, do I, do I, you know, like getting paid? Sure. But I don't do it for the money. Um, you know, I, I've done 12 games over the last two weeks and it'll be a pretty good paycheck, but it's, it's, it's really, you know, about, we, we've seen the, the lack of officiating and, and how difficult it is to find officials, uh, especially at the high school level Friday night, even I'm pretty sure that, Columbia Central had a a very inexperienced official on the court with a couple of veterans, and it was it was kind of obvious that he had not been doing doing it very long. But 
kudos hey, to him for being out there. You got to start somewhere. And 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 he didn't do a bad job. It was just obvious that he was kind of out of position and and didn't understand the rotation part of it because he'd probably been doing two man crews all year and and three man crews a little different. So you know when you start rotating yes, and that and that sort of thing. So <laughs> you just have you know you you have to go with it with with how you go with it. And uh, kudos to anybody out there who is willing to go out and take that beating because it can well, be a beating sometimes. And, and seriously, I mean you do have to start somewhere, and so. I think the key to it is not knowing what you don't know. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. I mean, if you walk out there thinking you, you got this thing whipped, then then you're going to wind up embarrassing yourself. So there's that. There is that. So like I said, Columbia Central had a, uh, had a ball game on Friday night. We're going to talk about that in the next segment as I was there. But first – we're going to give you all the scores from the weekend and tonight's schedule as we give you the Monday Rundown. This is the Rundown. As Chris mentioned, Columbia Central snapped a skid with a 50-45 win over Franklin County. Also in 8 AAA, it was Lawrence County 50, Lincoln County 44. Independence defeated Centennial 30-14. Page defeated Dixon County 76-36, and it was Ravenwood 54, Spring Hill 42. In Class 2A action, it was Community 32, Marshall County 24, Forest a 33-31 winner over Murfreesboro Central. Nolansville was a 65-49 winner over Giles County. It was Fairview 48, Stewart County 42. In Class 1A action, Cascade 40, Cornersville 31, Moore County 47, Fayetteville 36, and Huntland a 68-33 winner over Eagleville. In District 10A, Richland defeated Cullioca 59-31. It was Hampshire 55, Santa Fe 39. Loretto defeated Frank Hughes 94-14. Collinwood 39, Perry County 35, and Summertown 66, Wayne County 22. In Division Two action, Christ Presbyterian was a 46-45 winner over Battleground Academy, and Columbia Academy fell to Middle Tennessee Christian 56-36 on Friday. On Saturday, Warren County was a 55-40 winner over Franklin County, and Loretto fell 59-50 to Olive Branch, Mississippi. In boys' action on Friday, Coffee County defeated Shelbyville 69-45. It was Lawrence County 60, Lincoln County 58. Centennial, a 58-56 winner at Independence. Page, 61, Dixon County, 33, and Ravenwood, 69, Spring Hill, 26. The Fairview Boys were a 53-50 winner over Stewart County. Community, a 65-56 winner over Marshall County. It was Murfreesboro Central, 67, Forest, 30. In Class 1A action, Cascade, 49, Cornersville, 48. Fayetteville, big win over Moore County, 57-50. And Eagleville was an 82-71 winner over Huntland. Richland remained undefeated with a 68-50 win over Cullioca. The Santa Fe Boys, 63, Hampshire, 27. Perry County, 68, Collinwood, 53. And Summertown, 83, Wayne County, 61. In Division Two action, it was Christ Presbyterian 83, Battleground Academy 57. Franklin Road Academy was a 50-39 to 39 winner over Grace Christian, and Middle Tennessee Christian defeated Columbia Academy 68-44 to 44 on Friday. 
On Saturday, Middle Tennessee Christian swept the Bulldogs 57-43 in the two-game set. Richland fell to Riverdale 86-72, ending Richland's 15-game win streak. Franklin County was an 89-74 winner over Warren County as they returned from COVID protocol quarantine. And Summertown 61, Mount Pleasant 52. In Class AAA Wrestling State Dual um, sectional action, Summit advanced to the state quarterfinals with a 49-15 win over visiting Arlington, while Independence went on the road and fell to Collierville 41-33, ending their season. Columbia State men's basketball got 25 points from Chris Nix in an 80-53 win over visiting Southwest Tennessee. And on the diamond, Columbia State split with Cleveland State as they fell in game one, 20-13, but got a five-inning combined no-hitter from Ethan Wright and Raleigh Odell in a 10-0 win on uh, Saturday and on Sunday, a five-inning win, fifteen to four, with um, over Cleveland State. And Cleveland State ended the weekend with a four-to-three win in Game Four to give a sweep, or I'm sorry, a split in the series. Tonight's games short schedule as Grace Christian boys travel to Columbia Academy, and Richland's boys will host Hampshire. There you have it. That is your scores from the weekend and tonight's schedule on the Monday Rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. All right, when we return, we will talk again more about that Columbia Central Franklin County girls game that I was at and, uh, Mo got out to a, a game as well, so uh, we'll talk about both of those as well as uh, some, you know, is Columbia Academy having an issue? Maybe they can get on track tonight. We'll see. We'll talk about that and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you.
Talking high school sports, here's Mo and Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant with you here. I am currently reading this this incredible tweet. Um, apparently, Loretto, Loretto Football is putting out a challenge to their players to perform 10 push-ups at the start of each hour for 12 hours. That's 120 push-ups a day and 3,360 for the month. All of their coaches are doing it. And now I'm sitting here going, kind of want to try this. I mean, 10 push-ups is not that many. I'm just curious if I could do it. That's interesting. Yeah, here's the thing is when I was growing up uh, in high school, I did 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups every morning before I went to school. Like that was one of my big routines. Overachiever. Um, yeah. See, I'd be late. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I wasn't over. I was heck. I was just trying to get on the court or the field. <laughs> you know oh, what yeah. I mean? And uh, and that was that was kind of you know one of the ways that I I kept myself like I wasn't a very good weight lifter. Um, put it that way. Just wasn't very good at it. So anyway. Um, so I might be trying that. So if you guys see me at the top of the 10 o'clock hour uh, doing push-ups, mind your business. Uh, <laughs> that's oh, that's, that's uh, uh, MVP content right there for our MVP uh, subscribers. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You get to watch me do push-ups. I don't think anybody wants to see that. Then you watch me on that 10th one go, Oh man, that's tough. It'd be, it, it, it would be exciting to watch. No, not at all exciting. So Friday, I was out at uh, Columbia Central as Franklin County's girls came to town. I was really surprised that, one, they played that game on Friday night. I know Franklin County had a game with Warren County scheduled on Saturday, but I'm not sure why you don't play a, an, a district game on that Saturday and push the Warren County game or something. That way you don't have to travel twice. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, hey, who am I and what do I know? There you go. <laughs> that being said, Columbia Central's girls did host Franklin County on Friday, and after the first quarter it looked like it was going to be exactly what we thought. Um, Columbia Central was leading 15 to four. Last time they played, it was a 25 point game or more. Uh, so I, I thought, okay, yeah, no big deal. This is exactly the way we expected it to go until it wasn't exactly how we expected it to go. Not and so Frank- fast, my friend. Yeah, Franklin County, and uh, they had they had something to say. They had, they had other plans, um, and to be honest with you, I, it was a pretty pretty tough little stretch there as um, Franklin County outscored Columbia over the second and third quarters 25-13 to 13, and even took a lead going into the fourth quarter. 
which was not something that I expected, obviously. Uh, big night from Danica Stovall and Lucy Barnes. Lucy Barnes had 14. Stovall had 12. Um, it was just, you know, a little surprising that it ended up 50 to 45, but Columbia Central did get the win. And after, after the game, as I spoke with Columbia Central head coach Joshua Bug, it felt like he was, uh, I'm not sure if he was just frustrated or concerned or, but you could tell there were times in the third period where, uh, it felt like they were playing not to lose, a little timid maybe. Um, but Coach Bug just basically said, look, it's a district win. We're going to take it. We're going to move on. And here's the thing. It, it is a district win. And after you've lost three in a row, you'll take any win you can get. That said, I do think there probably was a little irritation or or frustration on Coach Bug's part, and like like you said, you were there. I wasn't, but I do know that this team has had its struggles at times offensively here here over the last little bit. Like you said, they were coming off a um, what three game three game losing streak. Um, yes, I know they lost to um, Coffee County, Tullahoma, Shelbyville in some order. Um, and again, offense has not always come easily. I think. Um, Second time through the district has kind of told a little bit of a tale. Folks are um, a little bit more ready maybe for Columbia Central than they had been the first time around. And so now, you know, it's kind of like pitchers and hitters in baseball. They make adjustments. Now it's time for you to make adjustments. And um, Central's going to have to make some adjustments and figure out some other ways to combat some deficiencies particularly their height i mean and and they're not going to grow overnight so they got to figure out some ways to to play with the the size limitations that they have and continue to be successful and their biggest answer to that has been getting out in transition but if you're not able to do that then you got to run some half court and sometimes that's where they struggle yeah, no question. It, it's kind of like at halftime when you're winning the football game, what adjustments do you make? Because what you're doing is working, right? But then the other team comes out, they've made adjustments. Now you've got to do it on the fly. On the fly. And it's it's tough. Uh, and I get that. So, you know, tough, tough go of it. But Central does get the win, and they'll move on. And, of course, they'll play tomorrow night. So that will – you know, I, I think, like you said, the second time through the the lineup, if you will, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. is is always a little tougher. And um, you know, they'll they'll travel to, to to Lincoln County tomorrow, but it's not the only time you've seen this kind of issue. You know, we, we've seen we've we've started to see it with um, Spring Hills girls as well. So. Be curious to see how local teams react to these this second time through the district and uh, what kind of what kind of adjustments are made to to keep both Columbia Central and uh, and Spring Hill and, and other teams who are doing well uh, as they continue to have the best seasons that they've had in a while. Um, 
I'm I'm trying to look at the district eight standings because I'm because we do know that um the higher seeds will host mm-hmm. in this COVID season. So um I'm trying to get to to the district eight girl standings because those three losses really put them in a bind. Uh, they currently are fourth out of seven teams. So, so they would host whoever's number five in the opening round. Um, yes. I, I, see, and here's what I'm not sure about. Lawrence County is four and three. Columbia is four and four, but Columbia has obviously defeated Lawrence County. Hmm. So I guess that next Lawrence County game will be pretty big. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. Oh, uh, anyway. And 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 as you have pointed out on other broadcasts, you don't have to play a district schedule. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if someone manages to not play all their district games, how they handle that issue in the um district seating meeting as well. Well, remaining on the schedule, obviously tomorrow night they go to Lincoln County on Friday, Columbia hosts Tullahoma. Next Monday is that I will, I guess, pivotal, could mm-hmm. be pivotal, uh, match it with at Lawrence County down in Lawrenceburg, and then they'll host Shelbyville on Thursday, February 11th. So they have four remaining games and a four and four district record. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, talking about teams that have struggled offensively, um, Columbia Academy boys looking to snap a four, I'm sorry, a six game losing streak tonight when they host Grace Christian. And I think this is another team that has suddenly, um, you know, figured out that they've got a bunch of complimentary scores and not necessarily a primary score. Um, when, when you look at the makeup of that team, not a lot of size. What size they do have is young. And so they don't – it looks like all of a sudden – when you got to have a bucket, there's not necessarily anybody that you can go to to get one, and that can be a problem, particularly in that league. Yeah, I mean, let's let's at least give them this. <laughs> that six-game losing streak is not something – it's not to a bunch of teams that you would go, God, how'd they lose to them? Right. right. I mean, I mean it's, they, it's it been – it's murderer's row. <laughs> Yeah, it started with that 87-59 loss at CPA back on January 19th on my TV 30. Um but they have they have not they've not scored more than 60 points at any point in this six game losing streak before that they were you know 89, 83, 77, 64, 73, 71, you know. So you can only defend, you know, so well. And well, when when you hold team, when Columbia Academy typically holds teams to 60-65, they feel like they got a pretty good shot. That's you're not right. Been the case. And again, it's that second time through, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, CPA, they defeated CPA earlier in the year. They defeated Franklin Road Academy earlier in the year. And both of those teams avenged losses, and then they had 
couple of double headers back to back against uh, <laughs> Webb School and, and Middle Tennessee Christian, and uh, neither of those really. They did gain some points in both of them. We'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now they have had some COVID issues. They've had some guys out. They've had to, um, you know, push pause for a little bit. And um, but you you got to wonder. And and now they've got another doubleheader, as you refer to it, because they've got Grace Christian in a boys only game tonight at Anderson Fieldhouse, and then they go to Grace tomorrow for a doubleheader. So um, interesting as they close the season, they finish with um, Valor Collegiate on Thursday in a non-district game. And then on Friday, they are at Battleground Academy. So this is a, a pretty pivotal week for them as well. It really is. They've got to get a win over, they've got to win these two over Grace Christian as they are the four and five seeds right now. Currently in that district, Columbia Academy at six and six, sitting as the fourth seed. I'm sorry, the fifth seed, and Grace Christian is the sixth seed. Uh, CPA Webb School, Franklin Academy, Franklin Road Academy, and Middle Tennessee Christian each ahead of Columbia Academy, and ha- they have lost to all of those and will not play any of them again. Right. So I- I'm so not it's sure be tough for them to work up into that top four. Then, which pretty much means they're going to be on the road to open. What uh, what they're going to have to hope for is <clears throat> they get the last three wins of the year, and I, I don't I don't help. see yeah, and I don't see that happening because uh, remaining on the schedule for Franklin Road Academy, they do have Web School and CPA, uh, but they also play uh, Providence Christian and they'll have to play Zion Christian two games they should win. So they should go two and two and end up 10 and six in the district. And I don't think Columbia Academy can get more to more than 10. Uh, they can only get as many as nine wins. So right. even a, even a, even if they were to end up that close, Franklin Road would still be. So it, it does appear that no matter what Columbia Academy, unless middle Tennessee Christian loses, um, some games over the the final stretch here and all they have left is Zion and Grace. So my guess is they will not be losing uh anymore. So it does appear Columbia Academy will end up on the road. Oh. And then on the road in that district is a tough place to be. It's not where you want to be, no doubt. No especially against teams that you've already lost to, you know, at least once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's it's tough tough go of it. That is uh, that is where Columbia Academy now sits after starting the district season six and zero. Oh. So yeah, yeah. Um, real quick, um, want to mention the Independence Centennial game that I attended on Friday night because it came down to a series of three pointers: one that Centennial made and two that Independence missed. Um, Indy came back from 11 down in the third quarter to go up um, 54-51, I believe it was, on a um, River Katina three-pointer. Centennial went back up, um, went ahead 56-54, and then Indy missed on a couple of threes. Um, maybe a little ill-advised. Um, Doug Kyle, after the game, kind of took 
credit for those said that he probably should have coached them a little bit better, but um, bottom line was, um, you know, time and possession didn't really um, click for the Eagles there. Not necessarily three point shots necessary, but at any right. rate, um, Centennial gets out of there with a 58-56 victory, um, negating a 19-point performance from freshman guard Jet Montgomery, who continues to impress. Kid's fantastic. That's twice Centennial has beaten South Williamson teams by two points late in a row. Yeah, yeah, they they got some at, what, 68-66 on Tuesday? In overtime, yep. So the Cougars get it done. This district tournament's going to be – pretty wide open that's especially with apparently franklin taking a pause they were supposed to play independence tomorrow night that game i think has been rescheduled for next monday Mm. so it's gonna be fun i i'm really excited about that district 11 triple a tournament all right we're gonna have to take a quick break we are up against that break and when we come back though we will preview and give you the schedule for wrestling tournaments to be held in Williamson County. Duels tournaments getting set for this weekend. It is Super Bowl weekend. Start it off right. Watch some wrestling. <laughs> be a lot of fun. It, there are a few things more exciting, especially than the uh, the small weight class uh, state duels tournaments because those, those can get really, really fun. High-flying action almost. But, yeah, when we come back, we'll talk about that wrestling tournament. And we'll get with Chip Walters on the other side of the break. As you see there on Facebook Live, you can see the schedule and exactly what we're talking about. Comment. Let us know what you want to talk about. If you have a comment on uh, what we are talking about, it just depends. Whatever you want to do, Facebook Live. We are live there right now. We'll be happy to interact with you. All right, when we come back, it is State Duels Wrestling Tournaments on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. teams you care about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint chris yamo pat and jp plant with you here nine minutes to the top of the 10 o'clock hour and we are getting set for the state duels wrestling tournaments as they'll take place in Williamson County. Uh, this is they always take place in Williamson County, but <laughs> it's not always yeah. in this particular setup. <laughs> no, it's not. Um thank you COVID. Um so this year and in, in lieu of 
holding all of the state duels at the Williamson County Ag Expo because the Ag Expo is being used for COVID testing and other such stuff. Um, the sites have been spread out across Williamson County with um, the AAA state duels to be held at Independence and Centennial, the AAA at Nolansville, and the um, Division Two, I believe, at Mill Creek or something like that. My primary concern is has been Mill the Creek. AAA. So, um, so you've got two four-team pods, one at Independence, one at Centennial, and then the um, it's a double elimination will modify double elimination because they're going to wrestle for third place as well. So um, running through the bracket at 12 o'clock on Saturday at Independence, you'll have Cleveland and Dobbins Bennett, and then you'll have Oakland taking on the Summit Spartans. So if you want to see the Spartans, you need to be at Indy at 12 o'clock. Those winners will wrestle at 2 o'clock. Um Let's see. The other half of the bracket is at Centennial with Science Hill and Collierville Wrestling and Bradley Central and Wilson Central in the quarterfinals. Those semis will also take place at 2 o'clock at Centennial. So, And then the winner will have to travel. And then, yeah, yeah, the winner at Centennial will have to travel to Centennial for the championship. So They gave them 30 minutes of travel time to get from Centennial to Independence. That was nice well, of them. No, well, not really. Well, well because, extra time. Yeah, it's it's more like an hour and a half. Well, because they're going 12-2 and then 5-30 for the championship. So, Right. I'm just saying they gave them the extra 30 minutes instead oh, of a yeah. two-hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they gave, gave them the extra 30. We appreciate that. <laughs> no. If you don't know where you're going, that gives you a little extra time to get lost. So, I, I mean, <laughs> it would be real hard to get lost going from Centennial to Indy, but hey, I guess who knows. Um, yeah, I, I'm really excited about this because Summit's taking on an Oakland program that is traditionally pretty good. Am I right? They are. And um, and then that's like Cleveland, really good, too. <laughs> yeah. And they, they beat uh, Oakland beat a really good beach team in the sectionals last week. So, um, this this is a tough situation because you usually get your top 16 teams to the state duels, but they had to reduce the field because of everything that's going on. So you're only down to eight. Um, like you said, Summit staring at Cleveland in the second in the semifinals if they should get past Oakland. So interesting yeah. matchup there because um, – there's no program that Pete Miller knows quite like Cleveland having come through it himself. So that'll be, um, that'll be a lot of fun for him. I'm sure. I, that's a tough, that's a tough road to the state finals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, um, oh man. But Hey, to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? Might as well, might as well beat him up front. Right. Um, in the Class A AA state duels, it's the Final Four. I don't know if that's typical or not, but... Um, it's not. All of the fields have been cut in half, basically. Gotcha. Okay. Um, this is going to be held, like you said, at Nolansville High School. Fairview will wrestle Hickson at uh, 1 o'clock on Saturday and... 
Pigeon Forge will take on Signal Mountain. Now, I don't know much about small school wrestling. I don't know much about big school wrestling. What I do know is that when I'm driving through from Gatlinburg to Pigeon Forge, I do see a sign that has like a lot of years that Pigeon Forge has won state championships. So this mm-hmm. is a program that's pretty, pretty uh, storied. Yeah, no doubt. Pigeon Forge has, um, they've done a great job with that program up there and they are certainly probably one of the top programs in East Tennessee in any classification certainly in AAA and, um, pretty much perennially the road to the, um, to the AAA state championship goes through Pigeon Forge and, would kind of like to see a Fairview Pigeon Forge State Dual Championship match. That'll be a that'll be a lot of fun because um, I think Fairview has kind of put themselves on that level here over the last little bit. Bubba Derrick has done a great job building that program up, and so um, just getting to the state finals, I think, would kind of announce their presence and and being able to bring one home would be fantastic for that program. I will certainly be rooting for the Williamson County team anytime just because it's what we need to do. You got to, you got to root for your, uh, exactly. your local teams because you're covering them. You want them to, I mean, when you say root, I mean, we want them to get to the state finals because it's a lot easier to cover state championship teams than it is to cover state uh, championship losses. As we know, we've covered <laughs> our share of both. No doubt. And the Final Four in D2 will be played over at in Nolansville as well, but it will be at Mill Creek. So that, uh, that's interesting because, I mean, they got plenty of parking over there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's all pretty much on the same campus there. So, um, But still only eight I've teams. Yeah, you've got Baylor Father Ryan, and then you've got NBA Christian Brothers in the um, – Two semifinal matchups beginning at three o'clock. I'm sorry, three thirty over there with the championship at six. So did you say you've never been to Mill Creek? I've not been in the building at Mill Creek. I've been to Nolansville. Um obviously. I've never actually been in the Mill Creek building. Well, it's it's a nice little gym. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho quick walk in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris once again here i am and hopefully we are with you and there you are we have jp back we can see him his beautiful face the thing of beauty i can hear everything it's great yeah, uh, welcome back, guys. Um, <laughs> what happened? A, a couple of things. Well, you know, we had a little internet 
blip that took us off initially and then some other technical issues that followed eventually. But we uh, we are back. Uh, we have UMO, and I do have Chip on the phone. We can bring him in when you are ready. So we will continue. How about now? Sure. <laughs> How about five minutes ago? Can we do that? Oh, man. Yeah, again, let's, let's bring in uh, Chip. Walters. I almost said Chip Kelly again as I'm reading the law office of Blake Kelly and uh, Chip and Kelly. It all just runs together. Chip, Chip Kelly Walters. would be a pretty good get. <laughs> he would be a great guest. Uh, he's brought to you by the law office of Blake Kelly. Again, he is covering the Middle Tennessee State area in accident and injury law. Visit him on Facebook or Instagram or give him a call 615 305 4539. Chip Walters on the line and We'll just talk a little bit about what we were talking about amongst ourselves, Chip. <laughs> um, big yeah. news out of Murfreesboro as the uh, the Blue Raiders have hired an offensive coordinator, and um, we'll get to the we'll get to the juicy part after this. But let's talk a little bit about Brent Deerman. <laughs> well, uh, and and hope hope uh, we're all uh, in in here together in in the room, uh, one way or the other. But yeah. Uh, they announced Brent Deerman's hiring over the weekend, and um, he uh, has a background uh, with he has he's kind of kind of sort of in the Gus Malzahn tree. Uh, spent a couple of years at Auburn uh, when they uh, when they had the, the really good teams, including the he was uh, he was on the sidelines for the kick six. He was part of the staff for that, and. Uh, and the, and the, I guess it was the year before where they had those two incredible game-ending uh, catches. But but Brent uh, played – he's from South Alabama, down around Mobile. He's Pritchard, Saraland, somewhere right in there. But he uh, he played uh, he played college football at, at uh, Bethel College over in McKenzie, Tennessee. And uh, eventually, uh, after uh, serving as an analyst for, for Malzahn, uh, ended up uh, as an offensive coordinator at Arkansas Tech, who has one of the great nicknames in all of college sports. They're the Wonder Boys. The Wonder Boys. <laughs> the Wonder Boys. And, uh, and uh, they, under Brent Dearman in two, in two years, they upped their rushing output by 360%. And he is a, a big study on – the RPO offense. As a matter of fact, he's written a book about it called The Evolution of the RPO Offense. And so, anyway, he, he went to Arkansas Tech and then uh, was at went to Bethel for one year as head coach. They went 10-0, and averaged 55 points a game, averaged about 540 yards per game, and uh, were ranked number three in the nation in the NAI. And uh, – and, 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 and really gained a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of uh, attention. Uh, Les Miles hired him uh, as an analyst, as an offensive consultant in his first year. Uh, and halfway through that first year, they Les Kennig, who was the offensive coordinator at Kansas, uh, was relieved of his duties, and they installed uh, Brent Deerman into that position. And uh, and so he was there for the last two years at Kansas. And, uh, and I, you know, I've got a couple of friends that work at KU and cannot say enough good things about him and, and uh, how much, you know, the players really react and 
to him in a, in, in a positive manner. But the thing about Brent, when you hear the RPO offense, the first thing you think of, oh, he, he's going to throw it all the time. Well, in his in his uh, thoughts on the RPO, uh, he, there's a reason that the R is first. He likes to run the football, and uh, in, in a, especially in a position where you in a RPO type situation where you have the defense a little bit on their heels. Uh, and, and, and really likes doing that. So haven't had a chance to meet him in person. I will see him. If I don't see him before then, I'll see him on Wednesday night. Uh, we're doing a signing day show on ESPN3, which uh, at 6 o'clock, you invite everybody to come uh, join us. We'll have Coach Stock, Coach Dearman, uh, young Coach Stock, so we'll also be there. A couple of uh, signees will be on the show with us, and we'll go through the whole, uh, the whole all the signee list and – uh, also to go through the, the new, the schedule that was also released over the weekend. So, um, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a busy show on Wednesday night. Chip, um, really excited to hear about Brent Deerman coming hey, in. Like you said, real quick, the, Brent Deerman was also the quarterback of the Tennessee Valley Vipers in 2008 when they won an arena cup championship, but he was not the quarterback of the team that day. Just, you know, tidbits of information. from well, the hey, AF2 you know, that, that, that that, that's, there's, there's the thing. Yeah, there's the thing that that he and and uh, my analyst Wes Counts have in common. They both have been the quarterback of the Tennessee Valley Vipers. Wow, look at there. <laughs> Sorry, Mo. You Just always try to had, find. Had to throw six my degrees of separation of Wes Counts, right? Chip, I, I know that when Tony Franklin left, there was con- some concern about the run game being so QB dependent. How does Brent's arrival, Brent Deerman's arrival, address that? Well, you know, I'm out, outside of his arrival. I think the dynamic of the roster itself will will lend itself to what you're talking about. Number one, Asher O'Hara entered the transfer portal. Uh, it is my understanding that the two running backs that opted out in August, uh, the one from Florida State, the one from West Virginia, are both back, ready to go. So, you know, you and you will have a pro-style quarterback, it appears, uh, with the uh, young man who has committed uh, to tra- out of the transfer portal from NC State. So uh, I just think the dynamic of the roster is going to – yes uh, – uh, and I just think the dynamic of the roster is going to lend itself to that. Plus, okay. you know, I, I think obviously he will put in uh, more of an emphasis on it uh, of, of, of a more traditional run game, uh, you know, and, and hopefully you have more, you, you've got the, the folks who back there who can, who can handle that and, uh, and take the pressure off the quarterback. But, you know, with that being said, coach Stocksell has made it clear. He wanted more, of uh, of a uh, the vertical passing game, getting it downfield, and I think uh, Bailey Hockman has the arm to do that. And uh, and you know he started eight games last year for NC State, and so he's got some experience against good competition, and uh, he'll need that with the with the upcoming schedule for sure. Speaking of Tony Franklin. Uh, did you happen to hear his interview on, uh, Paul Feinbaum last week? 
Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> Any thoughts? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not really. Uh, uh, you know, a little, a little wild, and, but yeah, and but you know that that's you know the I know the university has you know they did their own investigation on it uh, because that was the first stop I think and found that there was there was nothing you know was it perf was you know everything followed a hundred percent all of the time and I don't think you could find anybody in the country with that but they found that there was no willful misconduct uh, within the football program at all to follow the protocol so you know I, I, it's it, it's unfortunate that you know sometimes you know parting ways can get a little messy and unfortunately that one has a little bit and and uh and you know i'm just i'm hoping that you know with the uh every, like i said everything i hear about brett dearman he, he will come in with a load of positive energy and and uh that they can kind of pick up and move move on from right there you know i was having a conversation over the weekend about another um assistant coach and the phrase was some people tend to not leave very well and I think that's, and I know, Chip, that you don't want to get any more into this than just across the top, but that seems to be the case to some degree with Tony Franklin in his history, does it not? Well, I mean, I think you just, if you go back and look, uh, I mean, after he left Kentucky, he wrote a book. It was, uh, you know, there was a midseason, uh, and these are just facts, uh, at mm-hmm. Auburn. Um, and, um, and, and here in, in this situation, which is unfortunate. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I, I think, you know, they're looking, the, the football program, I know is looking to move on to, mm-hmm. uh, new things and, and all that. And, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully this has run its, run its course. Looking at, yeah. We're speaking with Chip Walters um, on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. He is presented by the law offices of Blake Kelly, who specializes in accident and injury law. You can find Blake on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram, or you can give him a call at 615-405, I'm sorry, 305-4539. That's 615-305-4539. Chip, as Chris alluded to, the um, 2021 football schedule was recently released um a couple of highlights you opened on labor day weekend against monmouth which i'm not sure i knew had football but um september 11th the only reason i think i I knew that is because they they're an independent but they played several uh at least a couple of conference usa teams over the last couple of years they played the florida schools and 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 maybe Old Dominion that kind of thing, but yeah, that 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 uh, that that you know I didn't see that one coming, but hey, that's going to be the home opener, and hopefully everything's going to be wide open at that point, and we can have a have a great crowd, and we uh, can get the beer garden up and running again, right? There you go. Well, I, I know I know I, there's one of us three. I know that I have seen one of us three in the beer garden before. <laughs> But I happen to be using my binoculars to look down there and 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 see who that person was. Visual documentation, huh? Wow! There you go. Um, and again, again, 
September 11th at Virginia Tech. Um, Liberty matchup over at Lynchburg on October 9th. And then an off week. And then UConn. No, no, no. And then you go to UConn. Goodness. Um, seven road, road, seven road games, five home games this year. Wow. Okay. You know, I, are, I, just, are I look at five? that September, you know. You, I look at September, and here you go. You, you I mean you got Monmouth at home, then you have to go to Virginia Tech, you go to San Antonio, and you go to Charlotte all in September, and then for uh, for your efforts, you get to come home for Marshall. There you go, and then turn around and go <laughs> to Liberty. The schedule yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 then I, you get I, an week after Liberty, was, though. It was not. Yeah, we got an open date after Liberty, and then go to UConn. We were going to go to UConn late November of last year, uh, and that game got canceled very early. But I, I think, you know, from a, a weather standpoint, late October may be a little more um, a little more palatable than late November in stores. Hmm. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, following that game at stores, you come home, got Southern Miss on the 30th, Got 100 Miles of Hate in Bowling Green on November 6th. Then finish up with back-to-back home games against – well, no, not finish up. But you've got back-to-back home games against Florida International, ODU, and then at Florida Atlantic. So, Yeah, late so November, all of the home better games to be in Boca games? than in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You you and your geography, that's that's – Right on point there. Um, so all of your home games are conference games except for Monmouth then. So there's no, no quote, big-time game coming in here then next year. Well, you know, it was it was supposed to have been Virginia Tech last year. And, mm. and, uh, and, and hopefully that, you know, with everything that got jumbled around, uh, you know, I'm hoping that that means that here pretty soon after that you're going to get, you know, return games from Liberty and – uh, and Virginia Tech and UConn in there somewhere over the next uh, two or three years after that. I'd like to think so. Uh, uh, so, so. Yeah, I don't. I haven't. I don't. I haven't seen that. But that's that's just uh, the hopeful thought. Mm-hmm. So this is Monmouth University, right? Because there is a Monmouth College. I'm just making sure I know what we're talking about here. The Monmouth Hawks out of New Jersey. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, play in the Big South Conference? Um, yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the South is pretty big, according to them. Um, so this is interesting because they will actually play a spring schedule and then turn around Correct. and play you guys in that season opener. Yep, that's what we were looking at that the other day. And it's like, okay, uh, our, our coaching staff will have four games uh, hmm. of Monmouth uh, playing this spring to, to look at, you know, heading, in, heading into the fall. So I thought that's kind of interesting. It's very, very odd. <laughs> it's very yeah. odd. Now, now, I mean, now you're going to have graduations or whatever between this spring schedule and this fall schedule, though, right? I mean, it's not the same uh, roster. Correct. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, yeah, you're you're right. I think, you know, uh, whoever you see in spring ball here is, you know, kind of what you're going to have. You'll obviously have, obviously have some guys coming in. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, how many are, how many will Monmouth lose after their spring season, 
and uh, you know how how will it stack up? But hopefully, you at least get an idea on what they do and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's bizarre. <laughs> it's, it's this whole thing is just wild. I I'm sitting here thinking like but, you know we're we're watching we're we're watching this particularly just trying to to piece together what is what is fall football going to look like after we have spring football and what players are going to opt to come back, what players are going to opt to, you know, not to come back, et cetera. It just, at the, at that level, at the FCS level, I mean, you can, you can legitimately have everybody. When you get into worst case scenarios, I mean, injuries that would typically take an off season to recover from all of a sudden you've got somebody who had you played fall ball would have been back for the following fall may not be back for fall when they incur that injury this spring. Yep, and, I, and you know, I think you look at like, – there are, you know, a few schools that, like Eastern Kentucky, played a fall schedule. They're not going to play in the spring. As a matter of fact, they're leaving – you know, they're leaving the OVC anyway. They uh, they in, uh, in Jacksonville State. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think that might have been part of their – part of their thinking as well because you their, your recovery period uh is not going to be very long for for kids who like you said who do get injuries yeah um chip as you mentioned uh, i'm i'm sure you're aware that that chris is a jacksonville state graduate go gamecock there uh, we go uh, the, the uh and and greg sykes the ad is a good friend of mine down there mm-hmm. so that's, a, that's a fun place to go to i like i like greg is every we're hoping to have Greg on. He's tomorrow, scheduled Chris? tomorrow. He's scheduled for tomorrow. We we tried to well, get him Greg, when, uh, Friday. We we tried to have him on Friday, and he texted Chris back. I, I can't do Friday. Well, Friday was when the Atlantic <laughs> Sun held their press conference, so he was a little tied up. You know, I'm interested because this is um, – this basketball season has been pretty tough uh, over there, by the way, Chip. And, and I'm curious, you know, we I'm not even sure. Did we talk about – Did we were we on the air when we were talking about your perch? <laughs> I don't know if we were no, or not. No, no, we weren't. No, we weren't. But uh, I know we got to wrap things up here in a minute. But, yeah, sure. uh, uh, had, had to, at UAB yesterday, uh, I was my, – my broadcast position was up in – was about – what, 15, 20 rows up uh, in the end zone, which, uh, you know, it, uh, you know, at first thought, you know, oh, my gosh, what, you know, how's that? But it actually was – it wasn't bad. And and uh, so middle uh, – on, on the on the women's side, uh, ended up sweeping UAB over the weekend and one game in overtime, one win by 25. So there you go, the wild swings that took place. <laughs> the men's side – Spookily and eerily enough, Middle had leads at halftime in both games on Thursday night, led by 10 with 10 minutes to go. Uh, yesterday, led by nine with 15 minutes to go. And Middle was without three guards in both games. Donovan Sims, Jalen Jordan, and Eli Lawrence, all three were out for both games and 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 kind of ran out of gas about halfway through the third or second half. And UAB ended up winning both games by almost identical scores, but uh, and by by eleven points in both both games. So, you know, you, over the past two weeks, you've had on the men's side, you've played the two 
by looking at the standings, the two best teams in the league, and you had leads in three of the four games and nothing really to show for it. So, you know, that's part of Coach McDevitt's uh, endeavor this week is to keep everything moving in the right direction because now you get a little bit more uh, manageable in the schedule with Charlotte coming in, and uh, then you turn around and go to Marshall next week. But, but uh, I mean, you've had to face two elite seven-foot centers the last two weeks and uh, and actually played them both fairly decently, especially uh, UAB center. But, uh, you know, this week men are back home, women hit the road for Friday, Saturday, uh, back to the, the, the back-to-back games this week. Anastasia Hayes averages 38.5 points in the two UAB victories. Is she CUSA player She's of the week yet again? She's back leading the nation in scoring. She's back leading the nation in scoring, I think. How many how many conference players of the week has she won? Three? Well, I hadn't seen it come out yet, but four so far. Enough to be players four of the year. Four so far? <laughs> yeah. Lock it up. <laughs> at, at what point? Yeah. <laughs> I moved at the nomination seat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Chip, thanks so much, man. We appreciate your time. I know it was a little a little tricky getting us on this morning, but we got we got there. We got it done. We appreciate it. Uh, as always, on Monday, you are a treat. Well, see you next week, boys, and y'all have a good week. And like I said, tell Greg hello tomorrow. We'll do it. Yes, sir. Yes, right. sir. That, that is Chip Walters brought to you each week by the law office of Blake Kelly. Give him a call, 615-305-4539 or – Find him on Facebook and Instagram. He is covering the Middle Tennessee area in accident and injury law. When we come back, we're going to talk SEC hoops, uh, both men's and women's. Going to answer a question from Facebook because if you're on Facebook Live, uh, you can interact with us as much as you like. We'd love to talk to you. Again, this is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net.
back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back in. It is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day for him. I'm Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Chow, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant. It is a beautiful Monday morning here in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports World. As we are looking out our own windows today, not at West 7th Street. <laughs> we have our own windows to look out, and and mine was full of snow this morning. How about y'all? Any snow for you? It was. There was snow on the ground when I got up. It's pretty much gone by now because I think it wasn't fin- that cold. But yeah. It finally stopped, but it was it, when I went outside this morning to go get my headphones, I, it was snowing hard, so crazy. We uh, down here in the the deep south, uh, relative to your current locations, we had a um, what I would say a sugar dusting on you know on the deck, just a tiny bit. We had some flurries. Right. It was spitting. It wasn't snowing. It was just spitting. Or is um, uh, Chris kind of uh, a similar uh, concept to a baby sprinkle <laughs> as opposed sprinkle. to a baby shower? You you sense. had the baby shower up in, in the the Nashville, uh, North Williamson area today. Down here in the south uh, of Southern Middle Tennessee, we had kind of the baby sprinkle version of the snow. That makes sense. <laughs> Getting ready, got a baby. We've, we've got the sprinkle coming up this weekend. It's uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, but uh, still going to be a lot of fun. Doesn't seem can, like the greatest of planning. I mean, really, it's great planning because I get to pregame um, by myself while she does whatever she does. <laughs> and then I get to go load in all the stuff and bring it home and we can decide what we're going to do from there. Do you know what your plans are for uh, the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl, a.k.a. the big game, you know, whatever they call it? We're not marketing here, so we can call it the Super Bowl. I do not have plans, and normally I do have somewhere that I am that I, I have been invited or whatever. But I guess with COVID, there's you know Super Bowl parties aren't really a thing, so who knows? <laughs> Mo, Mo what do you typically do? Thing period. Yeah, what do you typically do, Mo? I usually hang out with my folks. We we usually go over there and and put together some kind of spread. It's just an excuse to eat. That's very good. Well, this shouldn't be any different than for you this year, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. We'll just go, let's go hang out over there and, and watch and, and chill because we'll figure out who we're rooting against and go from there. (laughs) You know, the Titans aren't in it. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned that I, I was watching, um, this morning, the SNL, um, cold open, you know what they do before they actually start the show, and it mm-hmm. was uh, what still works. Uh, it was um, Kate McKinnon and her last guest. It was talking about government. Does it still work? No, obviously, and other things. It was it was kind of comical. But the last thing was Tom Brady uh, came on. It wasn't Tom. It was um, Krasinski who was playing Tom Brady. He was the host, uh, but talking about him still working. And it almost kind of. And the final thing was. Um, so, uh, and everybody is rooting for you, right? And he goes, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of yeah, rooting for him now. I am too. I, I think am I too. Ca- I think I'm going to be rooting for the Bucks on Sunday. 
I'm always rooting for the underdog, and it's rare that Tom Brady's an underdog, but I feel like they are. Obviously, you've got the defending Super Bowl champions, the you know Patrick Mahomes. Tom is older. He's with a new team. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Bruce Arians, man. That's yeah, that's a good story. Arians is a good dude. Arians is a really good dude. I mean, all indications that I've gotten from people that have – dealt with him directly indicate that um a couple of mtsu ties to that um to that tampa bay team with um assistant coaches mike caldwell who played at middle who's originally from oak ridge and casey rogers who is from humboldt and was an assistant over at mtsu under andy mccollum so um uh, you've also got um Keyshawn vaughn the rookie from vanderbilt jp's aware of him oh yeah so so there's um there's plenty of local ties to that Tampa Bay team and plenty of reasons to root for them. There's also, as Chip pointed out last week, a couple of um MTSU alumni on that Kansas City roster in the defensive secondary, um Darius Harris and Charvarius Ward. So a lot of local flavor there. But the, I really like this Kansas City offense. They're a lot of fun to watch. The um all-time leading receiver at Jacksonville State University plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Josh Pearson. So I will obviously be rooting for the Bucs. But uh, I will say this. If you had told me in 1997 after the Iron Bowl that Bruce Arians would one day lead a team to the Super Bowl after throwing a screen pass to Ed Sisson uh, that cost Alabama – the 97 Iron Bowl, I would probably have laughed in your face because zero chance that that guy was ever going to coach again after that particular <laughs> throw. <laughs> and uh, yet here we are. And um, a, a Saturday, uh, I'm sorry, it was ESPN.com. There was a, uh, in 2013, they actually wrote a story about how the 97 Iron Bowl changed Bruce Arians' career because he did not last as Alabama's offensive coordinator and he made it to the NFL. And here we are today as he <laughs> leads the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl. Everything so it, happens for a reason. It, yeah. Ed Sissom, you know, it is what it is. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. But anyway, I thought that was a, a really uh, unique story. And I, you're right. I, I'm really excited. I think the, uh, I think this Super Bowl is going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, we we do have scheduled on uh, Thursday to again hopefully visit with Shaq Mason. Not sure how that's going to go with this particular setup, but hopefully we can get him on the telephone, um, and that'll be a lot of fun as well to talk about Tom Brady and more. <sighs> Real quick over the weekend. The Tennessee Volunteers men and women got big wins on the hardwood. Tennessee, a winner over Kansas in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Um, what was that comment from my dad earlier? He he, he asked a question. I can't read he asked, it. it says, he asked what our most surprising win and loss was, I think, in the challenge. Yeah, what is your best SEC win and loss? Correct. Okay. There we go. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think obviously, I think that even though Oklahoma has been playing really good and has and had two top ten wins up to that point, I think their five point win over Alabama was probably the most uh, surprising to me. I don't know about you guys. 
Yeah, I, I think pretty much everybody expected Alabama to win that game the way they had been playing going into it. And um, I would certainly think that Nate Oates expected to win that game. So that was probably, from an SEC standpoint, the biggest shocker of the day. And clearly, the way UT had been playing up to this point with um, a lackluster three-point win over Mississippi State midweek last week, um, kudos to Mississippi State for the biggest win in the challenge, 95-56 yep. over Iowa State. But I, I think that the UT win, all things considered, is probably the most surprising and the, and probably the best win for the uh, SEC. I, I, would, I would say either that or Florida's win over number 11, West Virginia. That in was a Morgantown. pretty big one. In Morgantown. Um, Worst yeah. lost, LSU. And there, he might be right about that, but LSU – Man, <laughs> I don't know what to think about LSU. So there's that. Well, and I think I think that's the I don't know if issue is the right thing, right word, but I think they're a little um, bipolar. Maybe there's that. Um, so. Yeah, I, I I would have to say Tennessee's win is pretty big, and because uh, you know a lot of it just because um, we haven't seen Tennessee play well lately. But that being said, they did have um, did have a little bit more offensive firepower as uh, Ives Pons had a huge game, and he usually does that against Kansas. And, and I think that's the thing. I think the biggest surprise about that game is the way they went about it. I mean, they jumped on Kansas from – from the start uh, in Kansas was never really in this thing. It didn't feel like, um, knocked down some threes, got some balance scoring from a lot of places. Again, ponds, like you said, I think he's just a matchup problem for Kansas with his, you know, his athleticism and his, um, ability to step away. I think he knocked down a couple of threes in the first half. So I think know, the uh, Jaden getting Jaden Springer back was, probably the biggest positive for Tennessee and and they need that from him. They need those 13 points, rebounds, assists. They just need him to be on the floor. Yeah, and he was not announced among the starters. I, I started listening to this game um and Bob Kessling announced the starting lineup and Springer was not in it and then he wound up starting and so um I'm not sure if there was an injury concern there that he was not originally starting or, or what took place there. But like we you said, they do need to have him on the floor. Yeah. So secrets. You know, he and Keon yeah. He and Keon Johnson, couple of youngsters that um they are really leaning on pretty heavily. And I guess it um it allows Vescovi to play off the ball a little bit more and, and he was um he had a pretty good ball game for him as well. Yes, he did. So big win for Tennessee over the weekend over Kansas and uh, definitely let our friend Adrian Ludwig from the Williamson County Parks and Rec Association know about it this morning. He said he wasn't going to schedule me no more games because he's mad. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> and, and on the women's side, sophomore Tamari Key. <laughs> Triple, double. I think it's what, like Not the way you think of it, though. Uh, you're right. <laughs> you weren't – well, I guess depending on who you're talking about. I mean, you're 23 points, 10 boards, and 10 blocks. 10 blocks. Um, that, you know, 
when you're as big as she is tall, oof, it's hard to get, it's hard to shoot over her. And yeah, uh, she apparently really well. Yeah. She played yeah, super. Ten, ten times Florida found that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 7965 winner over the Gators at TBA on Sunday. Big, big game from Ray Burrell as well, who had, uh, who went um, for 21 and uh, Renaya Davis with 14. So, uh, one of the, you know, obviously Florida not among the top SEC programs in women's basketball, but it's really important for Tennessee to get these wins when, you know, when they have to. You know, you, you got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. Absolutely. And there is so much value in that because I've seen so many teams that don't. You know, when, when it's a team that's not one of the better teams, you know, Beat them, go get your win, and go on. You know, um, there's there's something to be said for that. Stop, you know, don't play down to their level. You know, play your level of ball and and take care of business and move on. At halftime, Alabama was beating South Carolina. That did not hold. Uh, Tennessee and Texas A&M sitting at two and three. Texas A&M number two. Tennessee at number three right now in the standings in the conference. Um, and South don't they have a makeup game somewhere? Uh, they are supposed to play on uh, Sunday at three o'clock prior to the Super Bowl. Oh, nice! <laughs> so there's that. It's a nice little warm up. Uh, I, I will. I will definitely be watching that going into yeah. the Super Bowl. So yeah, a lot of. Um, a lot of stuff to to break down there because the SEC women's the the women's basketball conference is among the best in the country. They're I starting mean, to get back to that. They it kind of slipped a little bit there, but as you and I were texting over the weekend, Arkansas beating UConn. Arkansas three kinda, and five in the conference beating UConn, by the way. That's yeah. That's insane, right? I mean, like, you don't – that's not supposed to happen. Well, it's not supposed to happen when you just look at Arkansas and UConn, but when you look at Arkansas, I mean, that's what they hired Mike Neighbors to do. Correct. When they brought him back from Washington a few years back um, to to get that program back to the level that it was at when Gary Blair was there, speaking of, you know, Texas A&M. Um, that's, that's what they brought him in for, and I would say for to, for the moment – that's probably his signature win since he got back to Arkansas, particularly at um, three and five in conference play, like you said. Yeah. Then uh, they beat Auburn on Sunday. And this is all after losing, by the way, to Georgia on the 25th, which is, again, wild to me. It, it feels like Southeastern Conference Women's Basketball is kind of up for grabs at this point outside of South Carolina. South Carolina really the class of this conference, and oh, yeah. gonna and gonna continue to be for a little while. Um, on the men's side, as we get back to uh, conference play, you've got several uh, big games this week. Tomorrow night, Tennessee will travel down to Ole Miss. That'll be a big one for them. Auburn hosts Georgia at seven p.m. on the SEC or six p.m. Central on the SEC Network. Uh, Missouri hosting Kentucky, and Mississippi State goes to Arkansas. So that will be 
a really it's a really solid schedule uh, a slate there for for this week, and I'm I'm, I'm just. I'm really interested to see how this shakes out because it's only going to get better as the weekend schedule comes comes out. Bama, Missouri on Saturday. Florida LSU is on Saturday. You've got Tennessee, Kentucky as the nightcap on Saturday at Rupp Arena. You got to think Tennessee's going into this one feeling like they got to win, right? I mean, you got to beat the team you're supposed to so, beat. But I, I think Tennessee has to be careful not to um, that Ole Miss isn't a trap game tomorrow night as they, you know, contemplate going to Rupp over the weekend because they need to maintain this momentum out of this Kansas win. That's one thing I've not seen from Rick Barnes' teams is overlooking opponents that you're supposed to beat and 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 not paying attention. I, I don't see a lot of trap games from them. Typically, when they lose, it's because of personnel issues. So, hopefully, with Springer back, with Ponds back, uh, he he did get a little banged up on Saturday. Saw him on the yeah. sideline uh, after kind of stretching that calf out. But otherwise, well, Rick, Bar- Rick Barnes did say after the game that he could have come back if needed. Uh, glad we didn't need him. So let's let him just right. let him sit there and heal up a little bit. Take care of Ole Miss on Tuesday and then travel up to Rupp on Saturday and get the wins that you're supposed to get and uh, continue this momentum into SEC tournament play. All right. So, all right. As we finish up talking SEC hoops, uh, real quick, you had, we'll return to football a little bit because you saw a report over the weekend of a pretty big coaching hire in the Nashville area. Yeah, apparently. Um, watching News Channel 5 last night, they, um, did a feature on former Tennessee State standout cornerback Dominique Rogers Cromartie, who is returning to campus as an assistant coach with them. Um, huge get. Um, 11-year NFL veteran with the Cardinals, Eagles, Broncos, Giants. Uh, 30 interceptions, 30 career interceptions, I think, in um, in 11 seasons. And he was, you know, one of the greats when he was at TSU. He was a uh, first-round pick. 16th overall back in um 08 and so to all america yeah to get him back into that program i think is huge for for rod reed and and those guys down there and they'll be going i think they start playing three weeks right uh yes the ovc football schedule and i we can probably talk about this a little bit tomorrow with Greg Seitz. But the OVC football schedule does start uh, Sunday, February 21st. Tennessee State will host, guess who? <laughs> Jacksonville State. I guess no, I'll be there for that at, one. That, are they playing at Nissan? Uh, that's a great question. I do not know the answer to that, but it is in Nashville, uh, wherever they decide to play it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, that, that will be his first uh, – foray into the coaching world um this is a guy two-time pro bowler second team all pro three-time all ovc member and i saw him play several times during uh his career at jack at uh while he was playing taking on jacksonville state as a member of the tigers so yeah dominique rogers cromarty big win for 
TSU to grab him mm-hmm. up and give him a chance to uh, to start his coaching career. Uh, again, we mentioned Brent Dearman earlier. Uh, he is the new offensive coordinator at Middle Tennessee State. That will be big for them as he brings a, uh, a, a sort of a new role to to that offense. I'll be curious to see how different it really is, especially without Asher O'Hara. Well, ideally, as, as Chip was saying, they do become more of a running running back run offense and um, get that vertical game going in the passing game and, and just open things up a little bit more offensively, become a little bit less predictable. I think that's going to help them be more successful on offense. Open it up. Throw the ball around. That's what they're hoping to do. Yeah. So, yeah, plenty of – Plenty of coaching stuff going on. As uh, well, we 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 had another big hire over the weekend in the NFL, right? Uh, gosh, you can't remember. Yeah, it was huge. <laughs> uh, no, there was a, it was an it was an assistant coach at uh, uh, Lovey Smith. L- Lovey Smith getting the DC yeah. um, spot at Houston under um, David Cully. I think yeah. that's a big win for them. I think you're right. I think it's a big so. loss for the Titans because we mm. don't want to have to face Lovey Smith's defense twice today. a year. Yeah. Hey, one thing I want to mention before we get out of here: um, Columbia Central will hold a signing ceremony at one thirty on Friday afternoon um, for Carter Sidlowski and Justin Buckman, who, as we reported earlier on SM Sports dot com, are signing with Tennessee Valley Prep out of Huntsville. Also, linebacker Demetrius McCoy will be signing with Bethel. So, come on, Meach. No doubt. Congratulations to all three of those guys. Absolutely. All right. You can find all that and more on sm tnsports.com. Follow us on Twitter at sm underscore tnsports, Instagram as well, Facebook, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. And on the podcast, if you missed any part of today's show, you can grab that on uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Wherever you get your podcast, just go ahead and search that. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back tomorrow at 9 o'clock, 9 to 11, right here on WKOM. We'll be joined by our friends at WZYX in Franklin County. So we appreciate you guys listening once again, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. For J.P. Plant, Maurice Patton, I'm Chris Yao. Have a great day. 